Good day and welcome to another special edition of the International News Desks. Whether you are listening on slpodcast.co.za, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Mahi 96.7 Game Time, thank you for tuning in. I'm Sean Roberts and of course I'm joined by the legend himself, Mr. Kurt Buckfield. How are you, my friend? Shawnee, I'm good. How are you? I am super. You don't sound good, Kurt. You sound a bit no, tired. I'm great. I'm great. It's, well, it's, it's early, but I'm great. <laughs> I'm well. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Where shall we start? Should we start with the, the game, I guess, that's been on everyone's lips, the, the Champions League final. And, um, you know, it'd be good to get your take on it. You know, I've never been a fan of Courtois, ever. But really? My, as, a, no, as a goalkeeper? Never. I just never have. Um, and he was absolutely phenomenal, wasn't he? No, he was he was incredible. Listen, I, I think I understand where you're coming from regarding Courtois, but this season he's been excellent. He was the best goalkeeper in Spain. Um, and, I mean, in that final, he was just unbeatable. I think sure. it was a record nine saves um, for a Champions League final. Wow. I think... I can't really pinpoint one. I think the save of Mane in the first half um, stood out onto the post. Yeah, and then that that last I think it was that last save against Salah in the eighty third minute. Yeah, Um, ridiculous. He was just incredible, and it was just one of those performances where um, you sort of got the feeling that he just wasn't going to be beaten. And I actually wanted to ask you, why does that happen? It seems like some goalkeepers will go into a game with this mentality. Um, where nothing is going past me. Um, and I, I'm sure that every goalkeeper sort of experiences a game like that. And I'm sure professional goalkeepers experience that often. Yes. But it was just a performance where it felt like from the first sort of few saves that he made, yeah. that the ball was not going to beat him at all. And it didn't, obviously. Yeah, he made I, it's, the it's, nine it's saves. A good, it's a good question, Kenny, because it's you can feel it. I'm, I'm, I think the best example would be Schmeichel back in the day. He just knew certain games he was just going to be completely unbeatable. Um, but you know, I remember one specific game I was playing for Sheffield Wednesday Reserves. We played Liverpool Reserves. and I, it's like, No, Man United Reserves, sorry. It's exactly that. You just feel like an absolute brick wall. And I don't know what it is. I wish every game was like that. Um, but uh, yeah, you could actually just feel the energy of Courtois that that's just exactly what was going to happen. And you know, I think it was a, was it after the game, he spoke about his performance, obviously, and he said that there was a, a, a listicle made before the game where an English publication had listed their 10 best goalkeepers, I think, of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Courtois was left out. And he said that you know, he, he thinks he's been disrespected, especially in England, um, because it was an English outlet. So I think it's those small things that really like top players um, sort of take into games with them and use it um, to their advantage, use it to, to motivate themselves. So even something as small as just being left out of a list can sort of change your mindset going into game, showing them, showing the, the, the world, you know, I'll, I'll prove to them why. I, I'm the best goalkeeper in the world at the moment. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, again, I haven't really. I didn't like him at Chelsea, to be honest. Um, yeah, but, but but yeah, he's. I'm glad he's proven me wrong. He's absolutely phenomenal on the weekend. So, Cody, in 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 essence, would you say Liverpool honestly threw it away, or was just Courtois just far too good in the night? I think it was probably a combination of both. But I would. I would say that if Liverpool had scored in that first half, especially in that first 20 minutes, mm. it might have been a different game. But in that second half, it felt like they were deflated. Yes, they had a few opportunities, 
but it didn't feel like they were ever on top of Real Madrid. Mm. Um, and I do think that that disallowed goal late in the, the, the first half for Real Madrid um, sort of was a, the turning point of that game where Real Madrid probably felt hard done by. I know that um, technically the, the goal shouldn't have stood, um, so it was the correct call. Mm -hmm. But I, I just think that that was the turning point. I think Real Madrid felt like the decision had gone against them um, and they came out in that second half with, with more vengeance. Um, and it, it felt like after they scored, and it was in the 50, I think 54th minute or something where Vinicius Jr. scored, um, it just felt like they were going to win that game. Mm. Um, so yeah, I loved it. I, I, I loved the game. I, Vinicius Jr. and Benzema this season contributed to 101 goals oh, between no. them. Gosh. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a it's a game that secures Benzema his first Ballon d'Or. I think so. Um, several players in that Real Madrid team now have won five Champions Leagues. And I, and I had the thought yesterday that, you know, I remember growing up and understanding the significance of Real Madrid, understanding just how massive the club was. Mm -hmm. The iconic all-white shirt, the star-studded lineups, it was just glamorous. Yes. Um, but this generation of Real Madrid players, or at least the, the last 10 years, they have surpassed all of the achievements of that previous generation. Um, and we're talking about Zidane, Ronaldo Nazario, Raul, Figo, um, Beckham obviously came into it. You know, this generation has won five Champions League. So I was just thinking about how this um, Real Madrid side will sort of shape the outlook of, of kids watching today. Um, and, you know, I think you naturally have a bias to the players you, you watched growing up. You think that nobody will ever be better than, than the players that I, you know, like if I think back to the, the strikers of like the, the Shevchenkos and Inzaghi's, mm. I still think of them as the greatest strikers of all time. But the likes of Luis Suarez and Lewandowski and Benzema and Messi and Ronaldo have far surpassed everything that they did in terms of goals per game, um, trophies, etc., etc. So I just imagine how, you know, kids watching this Real Madrid team will think of this side in 20 years time. Um, I can't imagine them believing that it can ever get any better. Maybe it won't, um, but it's just an, an interesting thought. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, absolutely right. Um, let's stick with Liverpool, though. There's some news out the camp. There's a couple of players not happy, uh, one of them being Salah and obviously Sane. Uh, what's happening there, Cody? Yeah, so Salah, uh, well, let's go to Mane first. Yeah. Because Mane, um, before the final, before the Champions League final, said that he would make an announcement after the game. And it has since come out, so he hasn't announced his future himself yet, but it has since come out that he has told the club that he wants to leave in this transfer window. Um, he has a year remaining on his deal and for now it looks like Bayern Munich are probably the favourites to sign him. Mm. Um, so I think it all boils down to wages. Um, Liverpool can't afford to give him what he wants. He's, he's currently on 100k a week, mm -hmm. which is less than uh, double, or sorry, it's more than double um, of what Salah's earning. Salah's on 220 a week. Um, along with Virgil van Dijk and Thiago. Mm. So Mane probably feels like he deserves better. And I, sure, I sure. completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, and Liverpool's wage structure doesn't really allow for them to go and give him, I think it was 300k that he's asking for. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, that sort of ties into what's happening with Salah because Salah is also currently in talks uh, uh, with Liverpool over a new deal. Um, and he 
two wants to be earning closer to 300 a week, which mm. again is totally understandable mm. um, and, and deserved. So I don't think that Liverpool can renew Salah's contract on the wages that he wants and give Mane what he wants. It just wouldn't work. It doesn't you know, fit their sort of idea and yes. their plan. Um, so yeah, Salah, apparently it came out um, that he would be open to staying in England if he was to la- leave Liverpool at the end of next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not exactly sure where he would go, but that's a very interesting mm-hmm. prospect. So, um, so, so, so that's, um, Salah wouldn't be bought out now. He would, he would r- r- run out the remainder of his contract. Is that correct? Is there a yes, transfer fee linked to him at all? Uh, nobody yet. Um, but Salah, yes, yeah, Salah has committed himself to next season, whereas Mane wants to leave in this next transfer window. Okay. So it looks like Mane will be gone um, maybe over the next month or two. Um, but Salah will definitely be there. Um, Liverpool now just run the risk of losing him for free um, at the end of next season. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll be doing everything they can to avoid that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm almost pretty sure that once Mane leaves, Salah will be given the contract that he wants um, and he will probably stay for another four or five years. Yeah, you, you would think so. And well-deserved, like you said. Sure. Um, let's move on to one of my least favorite players, Gareth Bale. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, he's bid farewell to Real Madrid fans after nine years, 258 appearances, 106 goals. I didn't realize he scored that many goals. Um, and quote unquote together we were able to create some moments that will live forever in history of this club and football it has been an honor so he actually wrote a, uh, a letter to the club is that right yeah yeah so it was confirmed about a month ago by his agent that he would be leaving when his contract runs out um, so this is just confirmation from his side and the club side um, so we all knew it was coming um, the last sort of three years for him at Real Madrid hasn't been great um, his golf game is good his golf game is really good and he plays really well for Wales but it's just yeah it's kind of a weird end to his time at Real Madrid you know I still I'm still stuck thinking about whether he can be described as a Real Madrid legend of course he can be for his achievements for what he's won in terms of trophies and obviously scored 106 goals but it's a strange one because it, it, he never really endeared himself to Real Madrid fans. No. You know, they never really got along. Um, even when he was on form, um, it, it didn't seem like they really liked him. So mm. it's a strange one. Um, it's, it, it's probably three or four years too late. He should have left a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know where he's going. I think that his agent did say he would be open to returning to England. Mm. Um, I'm not sure which club would sort of risk paying him 300,000, 400,000 a week. How old is he He's 32 years old. Okay. Um, his injury record isn't great, obviously. No. Um, I was actually looking yesterday. Him and Isco joined Real Madrid in the same transfer window in 2014. Mm. Um, and Isco, now let's bear in mind, Isco hasn't played football over the last three years either, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and Isco made more than 100 appearances than Gareth Bale. Um, so very, very strange. Wow. Um, anyway, Isco's left too, um, or is leaving at the end of the month. Marcelo is another who um, is leaving. So yeah, a lot of movement, a lot yeah. of movement. And, and sticking with movement, what is the latest with Pogba? He will be, uh, well, it seems at this point, he will be joining Juventus, he'll be returning. Because wow. um, the club, Manchester United, yesterday confirmed that he would be leaving at the end of his contract. 
which is the end of, of June. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it looks like he's going to, to Juventus. Uh, Real Madrid and PSG seemed like possible destinations for him, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it looks like he's got a contract agreed already with, with Juve. Yeah, and uh, finally, Curtsy, uh, Ralph Ragnick, he's, he's leaving United only after six months, which is a, a bit of a surprise for me. I thought he was going to stay on in, in his role. Yeah, look, I, 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 it's a, this is a funny one for me because I, I did like Ragnick and I liked the honesty that he brought and he was sort of brutal with his like assessment of the club and where it was and the players. Um, but I do think that Ten Hag is somebody who is confident enough to not need a consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's also smart enough to know that if he wants to win players over, he can't go into next season taking advice from somebody who rubbed so many the wrong way. Um, you know, a lot of those players, I don't think got along with Ragnik very well. Mm-hmm. A lot of them behind closed doors, obviously, criticized his, his training um, sessions. They didn't like the way that he, he treated them and spoke to them. Um, and I sort of agreed with everything, the way Ragnik carried himself. But I think that Ten Hag, if he wants to be successful, he needs to go in there straight away and win players over. Um, and it won't be a good look for him, I think, mm. to be taking advice from from somebody who um, upsets so many players in the in the dressing room. So the players that will remain, take a, Ten Hag will will know how important it is to have them on board immediately. Um, and it can't appear as if he is, you know, listening to to what Ragnik's saying regards to some high profile players in that dressing room. So I think it makes sense. Also, Ten Hag, uh, Ragnik's got the Austria job. Um, it, it was said after he took that job that he would still be on this two-year consultancy contract. Mm. Um, so from what I've read, it looked like Rangnick made the decision saying that he wants to um, put all of his focus on Austria. But I have seen reports that he had a two-hour phone call with Ten Hag. Um, so I'm pretty sure that it was amicable and that they, they get along. Mm-hmm. But both parties know that if if Ten Hag needs, wants to be successful and is to be successful, um, he needs to give these players a clean slate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Kurti, we've covered quite a bit. Anything else for the listeners out there we should keep our eyes and ears open for? Uh, there's just some international games coming up. Um, so Argentina beat Italy on Wednesday night in the Finalissima, which is a trophy. Uh, it's between the CONMEBOL, so the, the South American governing body, football governing body, mm-hmm. and UEFA. Um, it's the sort of final, the the, Europe, uh, the the Euro winners and the Copa America winners. Argentina knocked Italy off the park. It was a 3-0 um, game. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Messi, man of the match. Um... But yeah, more more football coming up, more international games. Portugal plays Spain on Thursday night, yeah, um, which will be one to look out for. And then yeah, I think mainly at this point of the year, everybody's just looking at at movement transfers. Um, we've already seen some sort of shocking decisions, Mbappe deciding to stay at PSG, mm. um, snubbing Real Madrid. So. Yeah, just look out for player movement. I'm sure there will be a lot of it over the, the coming weeks. Kurti, as usual, thank you so much. And that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Desk. So whether you've been listening on SL Podcast at Sierra Today, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Mackie King 96.7's Game Time, thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Roberts. And of course, Kurt the Dirt. Thank you, boss. Thanks, Sean.
Nice, bro.